you heard me? You listening to And we are back. Yes, in some ways it didn't feel that long to be away, but it's not as if we tried to fly through Poland and then were sent back or anything. Just saying. Welcome back to Wow What a Week. This is Wow What a Week. What a Week. You can't make this shit up. So there's a saying, if you've seen one Goliath, you've seen them all. Uh, okay, maybe there isn't a saying, but there is more than one Goliath, which means more ways to be entertained. Please give a wow welcome to the other Goliath, Nicholas Goliath. What's up, brother man? I'm well. How are you, sir? How many of you are there? There are three that are, are comedians, and uh, then uh, I've uh, made two of my own. Oh, flip, so you added. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've got to keep the system going. So David's out there, stand no chance. David must come. Uh, you didn't got it, David. That is a Goliath. We've made David into Donovan David Goliath. Did you, you know that? You've got a David Goliath. Donovan. His middle name is David. He has many internal battles. Oh. Donovan David it, it, Goliath. It, it, actually, a lot of things make sense now. Yeah. A lot of things make sense. Like? Huh? A lot of things. No, like, no, no. I'm not going to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... The, so let's talk about your career as a comedian. Mm. Um, before you jumped into comedy, at what stage were the other co uh, Goliaths in their careers? So before we jumped into comedy, so yeah. I was, uh, before comedy, I was a call center agent for oh. nine years. Um, I know, I know. Every time I think about it, my brain also just goes, geez, nine years. Why all of nine years, bro? Because um, I didn't want to study. I didn't know what I wanted to do after school. And I tried for a year spend my parents money sorry mom sorry dad um doing marketing communication and then i realized because i was i was very sheltered my, my parents never let me go to the parties and do all the things that the other young kids were doing like i was very kept at home and so then, so you're the one kid in eldos who was kept at home yeah yeah yeah. no okay. but we moved to florida so we oh, moved out of eldos okay so you're in florida. the west then yeah so okay. they were trying to keep me clean and make sure that i don't i don't ruin my life okay and um, which was a good thing but then when i got to university i realized that they don't take register and they don't phone your parents if you don't go to class. So then I spent six months on the grass just living my best life and never got my degree or even went to a class. I went to one class actually in, and yeah, eventually ended up in a point where I had to get a job because I, I wasted my parents' money and the call center was easy. That was me when I was studying law. I failed first year and it was, fa it was a fail and repeat. Okay. I was like, oh, okay, clearly I didn't fail enough. Let me go yeah. back and do a better job of the failure. Mm. And remember those little uh, video games, like uh, China Company? Golden China. Golden China Sega Company, 32, yes. But yes. Exactly. Um, but I've got like the 500 in... 501. 501. That had like 10 versions of each game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Four games, 50 different versions. Dude, I spent that entire second year of first year. Yeah playing golden china that I, makes became, I, I became an expert at tetris what makes sense i became an expert at contra contra like you, was the one like though. you couldn't touch me no contra is the one i would finish the thing and start it again no that's how i was with mario brothers mario <laughs> brothers i could run through the entire thing save the princess and yeah. i'd at the end with one life and then i'd go to the canteen for lunch because there was a girl i liked yeah and then i'd eat i'd see the girl i like uh there because she was yeah. in fourth year and i was in first year i'd have my lunch and i'd go back to uh to our room yeah and i'd watch videos 
no study. It was, jeez. Don't you find it weird that she was in fourth year, you were in first year, you still have that high school kind of mentality, even though you're out of high school? Because four years makes no difference. It's actually nothing now. It's nothing. Because yeah. when you get done past high school, past university, then and four years, five There's nothing years. a good pump can't fix, eh? I mean, if you know how to do it. Just a reminder that you might right. be older, but yay. Yeah, you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you worked at a call center, mm. I'm told you dodged work, but took it a bit too far. Yeah, so so I was that employee. Yeah. To call center managers out there, you know who that employee is. So I was that brother that could, assumed that your sick leave couldn't be carried over to next year. Like you had to finish your sick leave this year. You used it. Yeah, I used my sick leave yeah. because every now and again I was in sales. I made my money for the month and I take a day. Um, and then, but I was smart because HR had the rules. If you take a day before or day after a public holiday, if you take a Monday or Friday, you need a doctor's note. So I was very smart. I used to do Tuesday to Thursday. Those were my days. Okay. Because I don't need it. If you take one day and you just say, oh, there's something wrong with my stomach, they can't say to you there wasn't. They can't yes, yes, so you yes. don't need a doctor's note. But then there's a Friday um, where I was on my way to work and some friends called me and they said they're playing FIFA, they're having a pry, and they're going to be drinking. Um, I should come and spend the day with you. You're so impressionable. I am. I was. At the time. At the time I was. I've changed. I'm a different person now. I go to all my jobs and I do all the things. And now you've got two kids because someone else made two kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. It was nice times back then. Um, yeah. And then... I, I ended up going to the doctor because it's Friday, I go to the doctor and then they do their thing because when you say you have stomach problems, they start pressing. Yes, go, yes. Does it hurt? Does it hurt? And I kept saying no, no, no until I realized I need the note. So I decided in my mind that wherever he presses next, I'm going to say it hurts and he pressed and I went, it hurts. And I was like, are you, that sounds serious. And in my mind, when he said that sounds serious, it sounded like a long weekend, like I'm getting Friday and Monday. I want to play FIFA for three extra days. Exactly. Yes. So I'm like, yes, that sounds great. He says, can I make a phone call? I'm like, cool. He does the phone call. I'm busy planning my day out. I'm not even listening. Next thing he says to me, comes next to me and he says, uh, do you mind going to see a specialist? I'm like, yeah, sure. For a sick note. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but yeah. I, I also don't want to admit that I did exactly wrong. Exactly. Yeah, 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 cool. Because also I know how specialists work. You make an appointment, you go and see them in two weeks, three weeks. Or yes, you. yes. So he's like, cool. I'm like, yeah, sure. He says, uh, so I say, give me the note and then I'll make the appointment. He's like, no, 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 I've spoken to the specialist already. He's waiting for you um, at the hospital. You need to go and see him at 12 o'clock. Jeez. So then I'm like, okay, cool. Because now he doesn't want to give me the note. He's like, the specialist will give you the note. Go to the specialist. Same process. I remember where the pain is. Because yes. it's very important. If you are the person who bunks work, remember, you can't come with a new pain. Be, be consistent exactly. in your bunking. Imagine uh, you come to a lung doctor with a kidney pain. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. Or, right? you're, or you're limping. Exactly. Yeah. So then I remember where my pain is. He does the same process, presses, presses. When he gets to the spot, I'm like, ah. He says, can you come back at 2 o'clock? So I'm like, what do you mean? How long is it going to take? He says, no, no, no. Um, your appendix has burst and we need to remove it at 2 o'clock. I've booked you into surgery. Um, yeah, so that's how I got my appendix removed. Hold on. At what stage did you not think maybe I should tell this doctor that I'm fine? So look, this is past 12 already in the day. So I can't go to work now and go, oh, guys, no, that's just a big fart. I'm actually fine. I have to... And then, no, but also matric biology will tell you that your appendix has no function in your body. And if your appendix bursts, you will die now. And my mom's saying in life is prevention is better than cure. So then, so you, you're killing two birds with one stone. I mean, and I got the whole of the next week off. I played so much FIFA. It was wonderful. 
Yeah. But that's also when I knew I don't have I don't have patience for a day job. One of the big stories this week, um, we are told over the last three years, mm. 120 bogus doctors have been bust in this country. I can't it, believe it, it, that. It, it, it's almost on some guys are willing to take any chance to make a buck. But also because we don't know what, like, how do you check that your doctor is qualified? No, you don't. You, like, like, where do you even check? You should, I'm sure there must be like a registry. Is there? A re I'm sure we're gonna check. We we're gonna find out and then put in the comments. I don't How know. often have you been to a registry to see? Uh, okay, this doctor is qualified. We don't never, never. Why would you go and check? Because you assume they have the certificate up on the wall. You don't think that they printed it for themselves. I don't know if I'm impressed or if I'm disgusted at the fact that Oaks will do that and they'll cut you open. Yes, comfortably, just providing you with. Panados every day. Here's a panado. You're like, bro, my leg is broken. Do you have a cast? They're like, no, here's a panado. That's when you know. Now, your appendix story has reminded me of a lot of crazy white friends that I have mm. who do shit like crazy stuff that okay. white kids do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But none of the white friends I have, even if they could afford it, mm -hmm. would get into a hot water geezer. My man. Controlled by a PlayStation controller. It's not even a PlayStation controller. It's the cheap one. It's like the, I don't know what the knockoff. I don't know what the knockoff is. It, 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 it actually looks like the first uh, um, 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 Xbox controller. Yes. Where you're not sure if it works or not. Yeah, still Xbox controllers, at, 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 we don't know. At what stage are you fine with saying, it's fine, we're going to sit on the floor? It's not even comfortable. No, I saw the inside of that thing. I'm going to sit on the floor. No check. We're going to go four kilometers into the deep. And we want to live. Never. Never in my days will you ever. Because my thing is, you're also going to see the Titanic, guys. Now, the Titanic hit an iceberg and then crashed and then sunk to the bottom of the... You're going to the same place where the accident happened in a geezer that you are bolted. Are they bolted? Because I heard they were bolted. Like, they couldn't get out themselves. Someone had to... No, no, you're bolted in. Yeah. So, in. So, so even if, for instance, it was to float up, because we're told the design was such that if anything went wrong, it would float back up, you'd still have to be bolted out of the thing. Yeah. So and it's airtight. It's airtight. So now you're just floating in the ocean somewhere, like an old turd that doesn't want to go down. You're just there floating, floating, can't breathe. And then when they open it, now it smells like someone cucked in there. I, I don't understand. I would never. In 2018, we are told uh, one of the guys that worked for the company mm. said that this thing is not safe. And he was fired. This is in 2018. Yeah. Said this thing is not safe. Where is he now? He's sitting and laughing his ass off. He's like, I told you guys. I, I, don't, think, you. I don't think he's laughing. I think it's, it's, I think it's tragic. I don't think he's laughing. Or not. No, I think it's tragic for the people that are in there. But I think he's laughing at the, at the company who now have to deal with this. Because he's like, guys, I warned you in 2018. If you listen to me, we'd have a consistent business. Now your first trip. Now people are missing. And what is it about the super rich that says, I want thrills that other people can't afford? Because even with space travel and exploration, wait and see. No. So what is it? Bezos, Elon, they both have like private jets to space now. And it's that super rich thing. You must be careful, Fresh. You're close to that super rich bracket. There. Oh, I can I see wish. you're going to be doing those things. Because for me, I'd never. I don't care how much money I have. Like, I, I saw a picture of how deep the, the actual thing is. It's four kilometers, bro. Four kilometers. Four they kilometers. have, like, the Eiffel Tower is, like, the first yeah. 200 meters. Yeah. And then you still have to go, like, six Eiffel Towers. I'm like, not a chance. Do you know how dark it is? That I, I'm 
terrified of the dark and like the pressure and the sounds and those creepy creatures. Yeah, I don't know what's down there. No, not for no. me. I will never. Would you ever do it? No. Why? I don't even skydive. I weigh 130 kilograms. I'm, I'm imagining 130 kilograms hurtling towards the earth at breakneck speed and then that little parachute not deploying. That's yeah. all I think about. Okay, so you have a similar problem to Jason. So, like, I do skydiving. So, what's that? Is what no, you're no, saying? No. I'm not saying oh. you're fat. I'm saying you weigh a lot. Okay, so what's that? Okay. No, you saying you're fat. I'm saying you weigh a lot, and there are rules with skydiving. Like, you can't just... Imagine the bra that's 75 kilos hold on your back. That's the bra. Because you can't do it by yourself. As in, Jason wears a bra? No, the guy. Oh, the, the person. Bra. Oh, okay. Because you have to do a tandem. <laughs> For your first jump, you have to do tandem. So you have to have a guy behind you? Yes. And what if he likes you? I'm now there's a poking also. Yeah, no, then it's a, a nice long flight down. <laughs> going down. <laughs> going down and going up at the same time. Now, you don't know if you want this thing to like, end fast because the parachute is going to slow you down. Yeah. And now there's a strobing behind you. Yeah, but chance generally end fast. Like, not <laughs> me personally, but I mean, I've heard stories, Shane. Guys, sorry. Good luck. So there's a story from Honduras. Mm. There's a woman's prison in Honduras. There was a riot, and 46 women were murdered by a gang in this prison. They had machine guns, they had machetes, uh, they had every conceivable weapon in, in the, the prison. prison. In the prison. So did they... Did they, they had semi-automatic machines in the prison. Did they take from the cards, or is it just like under the bed? Clearly, it was bested in. Okay. Okay. So President Castro was like, this is bullshit. I am going to uh, fire my security minister. Like on the spot, security minister's gone. Can we phone Cyril? Cyril to do what? To take notes. No, no, Cyril is going to probably say, oh, you can fire ministers. No, Cyril's going to get a minister of crime in prisons. We're going to just <laughs> develop another minister to do nothing, to do focal Cyril. In fact, Cyril probably called President Castro. In Honduras and said, I'm going to retire, judge, if you need an inquiry. <laughs> I think he phoned to say, my man, you're making the rest of us look bad. Some of us don't fire our staff when they do cut. You're making us look bad. Redeploy him, comrade. Yeah. Redeploy him. No. Can you mad? No, guys. I can't. I can't. Because I know, like, I've seen the, the, the polls more TikTok stuff. Like, you know, I know our prisoners do TikTok. Okay. Then they just slap each other. It's like, ah, oh, you've just arrived in prison. Welcome to your cell. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that's pretty rough. But this poll machine TikTok. guns. Machine guns, Doug. Oh, man, that's... <laughs> so, so, so even if you're a woman, don't go to prison in Honduras. Apparently the gangs, they are hectic and it gets that hectic. Look, my rule in life is just don't go to prison. Whether you male, female, doesn't matter. Whatever you identify as, prison's not for you. We're going to drag identity politics into this. Look, but, you but, have to. But, but what if you identify as an inmate? Then you must have the time of your life. Then you, what, what is that guy's name? John Mongrel. Yeah. Yeah. Papa Vach for you. Do you, oh. I heard the most disturbing. I don't know if we can talk about Let's it. Let's talk about no, it. No, because like, cause I, saw, I saw a documentary once on, on prisoners in South Africa. And yes. they were like, when, the, when you go into a men's prison, and you know that thing about don't drop the soap. Oh, yes. It, it's, it's not even true because when you pick the soap up, you assume that they'd come from behind. Then I heard, no, they lay you on your back and look you in your eyes while they do the things to you. 
while they make sweet, passionate love. Is it, isn't that what happened in Yizo Yizo? Or was Yizo Yizo from the back? I'm trying to remember. No, my parents never used to let me watch Yizo Yizo. Yeah. I still young. It's on Netflix now, so I think... No, I saw. I'll check, check it out. Check it out just so that you know how they did it. Oh, 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 so they don't even wait. Yeah, so, 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 they, so they let you pick the soap up? Yeah, then they like, come here. Yeah. No, I'm not for president. I'm too cute. Guys, admit it, I'm too cute for president. Fresh, even you. Even you with your soft skin. There's going to be a lot of person to love. Yay. No, thank you. That's crazy, though. That, you think you can be a polygamist in prison? No. Like have two guys whose pockets, turned out pockets you're holding as you're walking through. Yeah. So you can do the... Da, da, da. Yeah. yeah, you hold the pockets as practice for, for when but, you pick up the soap. When last were you downtown Joburg? Um, downtown Joburg, I, you know... As in downtown Joburg. Probably. As in like like Maboning, before Maboning, even that side. Um, dude, years, eh? I haven't... I just see the videos yeah. of how people get robbed mm. via things in the and then I don't so on Wednesday night was it Wednesday night or Thursday an abandoned building went up in smoke mm. it had people that lived in it as one does in Joburg yeah. and two kids died mm. and um, our non-matriculant mayor uh, showed up as politicians do um, outside uh, this burnt out building and um, the first thing he said was uh, the building did not uh, comply of course it didn't comply. Because it's an abandoned It's an abandoned building. At what stage would it comply with an abandoned building? Yes, who's supposed to come make it comply? The it's your office that are supposed to clean up downtown. Yeah, as the mayor, should you not have people that are protecting these buildings and making sure that they are not occupied by vagrants? And It's, it's actually upsetting that hijacked buildings uh, and, and building hijackings persist because there is no will to fix that problem. I mean, uh, Kenny was mayor for two days, yeah. and at least he raided one building. Yeah, that's know. why he was only mayor for two days. Like, hey, hey, are you doing your job? How dare you do your job? Leave. But I don't think there's a political will to clean up downtown Joburg. If there was, these abandoned buildings would not carry on as they are. They wouldn't. You would not have uh, slumlords uh, taking a building and demanding rent of people to live in there. People yeah. shouldn't be living in such squalor. But there is no political will to fix it. I don't think there's a political will to fix anything in the country, unfortunately. Like, I've always been an advocate for South Africa. One of those, I'm not leaving. I'm not like, I love South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Best country, most beautiful, most amazing people. But it, it, it's at a point where I just, nothing's getting better. Mm. It's terrifying for me, who has two little kids, going how, especially I have colored kids. Both my children are strong colors. So you guys are the the indigo. The in, indigo children are the the, the future, bro. That's what they say. I'm, I'm looking for Buddha Mesa right now. So there may be for indigo children. We'll ever pass into the next uh, no uh, but colony. Yeah, but yeah. now for me, the, no, there's no. What is that? That new compliance? Not compliance. The they want to. They don't want to employ colored people. That's what I heard. I don't know what this. No, no, no. It's 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 no, no. It's 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 bullshit. I am. I think it's fear mongering and not understanding. I think is it the employment equity? Employment equity act something. Uh, or, or, yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. I think sometimes let's not listen to politicians uh, who wanna spread fear. Yeah. Um, and have people um, unsettled without uh, reading everything first. No, for sure. And often we do that. I, I, I don't follow news yeah. because 
it it depresses me yeah. to see things that are out of my control. Sure. So that I I only believed in that because it was sent to me by somebody that I trust and believe. And and, goes and, 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 and that's precisely the effect the that problem. they want. Yes, that's no, precisely no, no. The, what they you. want. I don't I know, you. Saying, so you, you you fear because you've got two strong colored kids, but yeah. well, okay. Now you've taken the colored out of the thing, but I've got two kids that yeah. I don't see. You can keep the colored in. It's fine. No, no, no. But I don't see a future for them in South Africa. I was mm. always the person that would say. Go and study overseas if you want to go and achieve the mm-hmm. whatever you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Come back and help make South Africa better. Yeah. But now I don't see the possibility of South Africa improving unless we change the government. And the, even changing the government doesn't fix the problem because now you just have the next group of people coming in who have their opportunity now to line their pockets. That's what I believe personally. Um, so what is we going to do, uh, Goliath? I feel there's like three of you. I'm sure there's a we, solution between the three of you. We have the power. As the people, we have the power. The only problem is we can't come together and have a consensus and go, cool, we're giving the ANC four years. Yeah. If they don't do their job, we move on to the next one. Whether mm. it's DAEFF, I don't sure. care who the party mm. is. Mm. I care about let's get somebody who can do the job. Sure. But now, as a country, we're busy fighting because you black, I'm colored, he's white, they closer, they Zulu, they Sutu. You know, so we end up fighting each other and then the people in power just keep lining their pockets and don't fix anything. But we can't fix anything until the retired judge is done with the commission, though. Yeah, but I mean... And retired job, judges need jobs too. What are they going to do? Come up with a billion rand uh, report. That's and say this is the problem. Yeah, there's the problem. And then the people who have to deal with the problem put the report door and say, thanks for your work. Thank you. We appreciate we're gonna We're going to get a new commissioner or a new commission together or we're going to get a new uh, minister of retired judges. I don't know. So a fact? I, th- I personally think we are. I personally, and I hate to say it, especially on a platform with you, like here, yeah, the most positive, the the a beacon of South Africa and what greatness can be achieved. Yeah. And now I'm here going, I don't know if everybody has the, the same opportunities. If we're going, I, I look at the area that I live in. Yeah. In the past 10 years, the amount of crime that's taken over mm-hmm. in the area, from petty crimes to housebreaking to, to more serious crimes. Yeah, yeah. And nothing's being done. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a problem that everybody speaks about. It's a, That's everywhere. How do we fix that? The electorate doesn't learn that. No. There's a saying. There's a saying that you get the leadership you deserve. So we have the leadership we deserve because that's who was voted in. Yes, because we're too busy fighting each other when we should be fighting the leadership. We should be deciding who runs the country, but instead we want to fight with you. Whenever something happens on on social media, yeah, somebody, whatever it may be, yeah, you always find the racial aspect come up. The race card is never far. Always. The train always. the train matter. always arrives. We talk about load shedding. People yeah. go, ah, oh, we are the white people. Why are they not saying anything? Ah, oh, we are the black people. We are the colored people. So then we end up fighting each other. Nobody's fighting ESCOM. Mm. Mm. So how do we fix the problem when our focus is here on each other and not on the actual problem? Nicholas Goliath, we turn to uh, comedians such as yourself to fix our lives an hour at a time. Uh, where are you performing when? Where do we catch you in action? So we've we've starting we're launching actually this week and I don't know when this is going out but this weekend twenty third twenty fourth twenty fifth yeah we at artistry um, in Santon yes Jay something's new place so we're launching the 
artistry comedy club and we'll be running shows there every Sunday. That is dope. Um, going forward from So July. who's we? So Goliath and Goliath have part oh, okay. partnered with artists. Okay, so the Goliath ca Cabal. The Goliath Cartel. The yes. Cartel, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always said if things go really bad, we're going to start a church and call it the Holy Trinity because then it's tax-free and then people love to give to, they'll give to the church before they come and watch comedy. I don't know how it works. I've uh, been look at uh, one third of you and say this one is eating the money so we don't know if we want to continue giving him no we're going to keep him in the back uh, let's <laughs> keep him in the back <laughs> he's the face that actually needs to attract the people he'll be there drinking the communion at the back there. yeah <laughs> every week is communion week at the holy time <laughs> yeah Nicholas thank you so much for hanging out with us brother man thank you for having um, me I'm a Goliath fan I'm a fresh fan. No, no, as I'm a big fan. You are a big guy. Exactly. So uh, shout out to you. Shout out to everything that you do. Thank you. And you guys must continue kicking ass. And we'll see you at Artistry every Sunday. Every Sunday. Artistry is on Fredman Drive. Yes. Uh, in a big black building. Yes. Opposite Black Brick Hotel. It's Opposite the same Black area. Brick. Exactly. Same family. family. Same family. The same people. Cousins of and Fred you Opposite. you can do staycations. You can come there book a room for the weekend the dirt cheap go online just go and see go and see now this is artistry.co.za i don't know if i'm allowed to advertise but we're doing it here come and watch comedy you need to laugh south africa's in cuck come and laugh with us it's going to be fun fresh is going to be there oh That's am i invited fun. you're always invited okay you came and did comedy at one of our first shows we ever started i did a five minute set at yes. the first show. and you were amazing uh, if you do say so yourself. I, I actually do. posted online my five minutes of comedy that I did. At a so Wednesday comedy jam. I should be a fourth Goliath. You should. Uh, absolutely. Comedy. Nicholas, thank you so much, brother man. Thank you. Um, minus his uh, appendix, but never his funny bone. Make some noise for Nicholas Goliath. This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. Our next guest is one of those people who might be difficult to chat with in an elevator. But they'll be the type of people you call first when your little submarine goes missing looking for the Titanic. Or something goes wrong with your tech. Maybe a virus mutates humans. Or a huge alien spacecraft arrives and hovers above central Johannesburg. Please give a wow welcome to uber smart person. We're about to find out. Tulile Kanyile. Tulile. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 can, I can see you uh, when you were younger, you know. I was that person. Uh -huh. Yeah, not Tulile at all. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever ask your parents, why did you give me that name when it's clear? So the name is because they are generally very quiet people. Uh. Yes, yes, so yes, I was yes. named after their character trait, but more, less quiet and more peaceful. Oh, absolutely. At, yeah. yeah, yes, they're, 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 they're at peace with everything. Yes. You had a ply and you have to explain what on earth you do. What do you do? Um, look, I mean, I think there, there are two things. I'm a, I'm a scientist and really my life is centered around ensuring that science reaches as many people as possible. Okay. So in the first... Um, aspect i myself am a scientist so i conduct research in the hiv field i thought you guys would be in like white trench coats and like white coats oh mine is like a nice peach color jeez very cool. things have changed <laughs> science is going to the dog scars no way yeah. they're allowed to be nice and trendy now so in the first instance that that's really what i do at sure. the university of the Strand, and i lecture there so doing quite a lot of knowledge transfer to mm, students mm. um but then a bigger portion of my life perhaps than that is Ngatsu Dojo Propeller, where 
we really are trying to get um, science and technology and innovation and the culture of it into the most marginalized spaces so that we equip more and more people to be able to be engaged in solving problems. What about science said to you, that's where you're going to lead? I think it, it was almost accidental, right? Um, for me, I, I initially, like a lot of people who are in the life sciences, wanted to be a medical doctor. Yeah. Um, and thank goodness I'm not. Uh, but when I was at university, then I, I found out about the, the back end of medicine. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that for me um, was more suited for my more inquisitive nature, my sure, more sure. Um, investigative side. And that would, for me, make sense. I'm interested in process, mm-hmm. understanding how things work, figuring things out. So science would then make sense for me. So, I mean, like you're saying, I mean, you specialize more in what, HIV research? Yeah. So what is the science saying about our taking so long to get to 95, 95, 95? Look, I mean, I think... Firstly, what is 95, 95, 95? So 95, 95, 95 is looking at it's the, it's the measures that mm. are being used within uh, the management of HIV. So sure. you're looking at 95% of people being tested. Um, you, you test and treat. Okay, so 95% of people knowing their status. Knowing their status, okay. 95% on treatment and 95% suppressed. Oh, wow. Viral suppression. Yeah, which would lead to zero transmissions then. Which should technically... Theoretically. Theoretically speaking. So if everybody was virally suppressed... Yes. Um, you would be able to perhaps get some mathematician to do some predictive model for when HIV would stop being transmissible. Mm-hmm. You know, But because but human nature wow. gets in the way... It's compliance. <laughs> compliance is so hard, I think. Yeah. It, it, compliance is hard... Um, people actually getting medication in, in very remote areas is still actually really a difficult sure. thing to do. Sure. Um, people just not testing, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, those are the kind of issues. And sometimes people aren't testing because they don't have access, sure. you know, to testing, you know, facilities. And there's also human nature aspect that says it, it can't happen to me. Or yeah, I'm invincible. Vele. Yeah, yeah, Vele. I mean, you, you were reckless, but you, sure. you, you, you feel strongly that this thing is not going to affect you Absolutely, you are Hercules. So how do we fix all of that? Just uh, before we talk about the mm. wonder, other wonderful work you're doing, mm. how do we fix that? Like, in a nutshell, what would you like to see happen? I mean, you know, there there is... So, so HIV is very much a social disease, mm, right? Mm, mm. It really is about human interaction. Sure. And where human interaction is concerned, there's always someone who's got an upper hand and a lower hand. So there's a dependence that takes place, which is what is actually leading, particularly in South Africa, the increase of the continuous uh, number of of young people getting infected. It's that there's a dependence that's caused by- The power dynamic. The power dynamics, the poverty chasm. So if we were- I'll buy you groceries, but if we're having sex, I don't use condoms. I don't use a condom. Do you know what I mean? So there's there's those um, kind of of things, but uh, firstly, but also- also, secondly, there is a, a mental uh, thing, mm. I don't know, within us as human beings that wants to tell us that um, sex isn't as nice without or oh, with yes, or whatever. Yes, and yes. we're... Like, we're, I'd, I'd rather risk it all. I'd rather risk for it. For those two minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, we, we are really um, driving this narrative that sure. says it's not as nice without, you yeah. know? But also, there's just a bigger um, issue around awareness mm. where people are not... I don't know if we're doing enough 
to still educate people around um, HIV. I think because of the invent of, of ARV drugs mm. and how we're seeing that mortality rates have decreased, I think we're spending less time now communicating and making people more aware about HIV. Mm. You know, I mean, nobody wants to be on, on, on drugs for the rest of their sure, lives, sure. which is actually what's going to happen. But also, what of fatigue, though? You know, many argue that there's you know, HIV and AIDS education fatigue, that the minute you start talking about it, people switch off. Sure. I mean, I, and, I, and I think that's a real thing. And I think it speaks to whether or not the packaging of the information is still relevant. Mm -hmm. I think what we tend to do with the education system and we and we and the whole world, the world over does this, yeah. where we're still delivering in the same manner that was delivered for me to a four-year-old and a 10-year-old in the same way it was delivered to my parents. Yes, it, yes. We're getting the same form of delivery. Mm. The packaging of the content isn't great. We're not sure. using, um, you know, we're not being creative around um, awareness. But also I think that, you know, there's something that, um, I don't know, I think American TV does this well, yeah. where they introduce a trendy young woman who's the super nerd or super scientist mm -hmm. into pretty much skim sum or whatever, you know, and that's how they drive content to mm -hmm. civic society. They make it cool. They make it cool and they yeah. package it into popular narrative, which is something that we're not doing yet in the country. And that's mm -hmm. like something that really we should be doing because we're creating more and more content as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your life. Um, young black woman scientist lecturing at a university. Often when you think science lecturer at university, it's an elderly white man, gray hair, mm. a lab coat that's seen better days, mm. and uh, knowledge of every conceivable world war out there. How easy or difficult was it for you to be taken seriously within? Look, I mean, I suppose the, the, the difficulty continues. Yeah. Okay, so you are fighting the battle daily. I mean, it, it, it depends. I mean, there's a, there's a way to fight it. Yeah. And there's a way to, to accept how situations are mm. um, and act in a way that enables those who come from a different way of thinking about young black women um, having space in these corridors to see you differently. Mm -hmm. You have to, you, 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 you can't um, focus on uh, the fact that your order was forgotten because yes. they forget that you're a lecturer. They think mm -hmm. you're a student yes. or someone literally calls you, you know, students like you, you know, and it's a little condescending, but for me, I think at the, at the beginning, I sort of said to myself, why would these people do this? Mm. You know, like, honestly, why would they do this? Is it intentional? Make you feel unseen. Is yeah. it is it intentional that they want to make me feel unseen? Or is it just that as much as we are being put into the system because the system doesn't have us, mm -hmm. the people that are supposed to receive us have never seen us. Yes. Now we're they don't know better. They don't know any better. Now yeah. we're asking these white, old people to understand that you've now walked in through the door, so they mm -hmm. must accept you. Uh, as a colleague, as an equal. Do you know what I mean? But every time they've seen a person like you... You're bringing tea. It's, you know what I mean? You're or you're, or you're failing in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's also, there's a lot of pressure um, from that. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much pressure from that. Um, even from black people, 
you know, um, and there's a lot of responsibility that you now have to be a little bit more out there because yeah, yeah. we want to talk to a person who's black, young and doing something that or is in a space that's not usually suited for these kind of people. You know what I mean? So there is a lot of pressure there as well. So there's a lot of navigating and juggling of balls, you know. I was going to say, how wild is it, though, that, you know, not only are you dealing with wanting to feel included by uh, the old guard, but even your own people will do a double take. They do. They do a double take. All of a sudden, uh, um, you're the same as us, but you are different. Yes. You know, so you can offer us different it's things. It's like, where's the real professor? You know, <laughs> that is true. That yeah. is true. Even with even with students, funny enough, yeah. you find um, students, and, and particularly the, 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 the black ones sometimes, okay. especially when I was much younger, because I started lecturing, I was, what, 28, 29. So it was like one of those where they're just like, oh, are you a lecturer? Mm. But you're wearing Tim's. I'm like, but why not? Exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, the it science should, is not in the shoes. It's not in the <laughs> shoes, not at all. But you do see that you're being you're being tested and yes. people are asking you questions to to sort of see whether you you're can being answer. Measured. You're being measured. Yes, yes. yes yeah. As opposed to she's in front of me, so she must damn well deserve to be exactly. There. Let me take her seriously. Mm. Now you're wasting half the time trying to prove yourself right as opposed to doing your job. But it also makes them pay more attention. Because oh, yeah, everyone yes. is just like is she gonna like Wait, trip? Waiting for it to trip. Yeah, yeah. she's gonna trip. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta. Uh, we do like these uh, reviews. Yeah. And one of the students uh, in the review wrote in black and uh, wrote in Zulu and said, and I was just like, what? What's <laughs> <laughs> <Does> it say? <laughs> Like you have one job. Exactly. You have one job. Don't disappoint us. We're all rooting for you. <laughs> Let's talk about what you do when you're not at work. Because sure. you work all the time. Sure. Uh, including looking after a little dog. Is it called Electron? <laughs> yes, my dog is Electron. Why did you name a dog Electron? He's a bundle of energy. Ah, okay. Yeah, he's a bundle of energy, that's why. Uh, what breed is he? He's a Pomeranian. Oh, you got one of those little... He's so cute. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, so you want to get science into townships mm -hmm. and to get township kids to understand that, uh, yes, it's okay. It's cool to be a STEM student. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that work you're doing and uh, who are you working uh, with? Yeah, so uh, back in 2016, Tandega yeah. and I founded uh, Ngatsuto Asia Propeller and we met as master's students who were at the CSIR and she was sure. doing her master's in physics and I was doing it in biophotonics. Mm -hmm. And um, what we felt was a problem with academia mm. was our understanding of the amount of money that actually goes into research but the output is, is, is not that great and now we're, we really are under pressure our economy is under pressure to produce intellectual property that can be sold sure. and that can be exported into other countries mm -hmm. but what we decided to do was look at the mindset of our supervisors and we realized that these people don't have a business acumen mm. because the curriculum doesn't tell you that you science is what is going to lead you to getting the biggest slice of bread instead of eating Albani, you're going to eat rye yes. and you know, nice, you know, you, but you can use science to advance yourself. So, what we decided to do was create going to young people in high schools and try to build in them using STEM concepts an entrepreneurial mindset, a job seeking mindset, where we say to them basically. This is research and this is how research is conducted. This is the process that research follows. You identify a problem, you mm. hypothesize, you create some kind of a solution and then you have the solution and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then after you've done that, then create a business case for it. So the essence of our program is that. Mm. So we then are able to put in 
uh, mentorship support. So because we've been in the industry for a relatively long time, mm. um, We've got masters and PhD friends and now not friends. So we've got quite a big community that enables us mm. to drive and scale our program. Sure. So these masters and PhD students do the mentoring, do the facilitating. We train them to facilitate the workshops. These kids do projects and then um, these masters and PhDs, these young professionals then do the judging. Mm. Um, and then we get young business owners to come in and teach these young people what marketing is, what mm. um, how to pitch, and so that they're able to create their own pitch decks and their own um, business concepts, sure. you know, and the program runs a whole year. And we have, besides the... Um, Besides the young professionals and Tandega and myself, we have an mm. incredible young team. Sure. I think there's five of them, so there's like seven of us now. Mm. Um, and then we also have incredible partners that have been supporting us for years. So if I want to be a part of Ungatuto Edu Propeller, how do I, where do I find you guys? So we're, we're, we've got a website, so you yeah. can contact us through our website. Okay. So it's uh, www.ungatutoedu.com. Okay. We're also on all social media platforms and we're quite active. So if you look up Ngatu to H Propeller, you're likely to find us pretty much everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how you would find us. What, you what are your biggest it. needs right now? Our biggest needs uh, right now, operational funds. Okay. People are happy to fund activities, mm. but operations are difficult. But we can't, we, we, we can't continue to uh, posture as if Good will work doesn't yeah. mean it's not work. Yes, yeah, so you still need a space. You, you know still what I need mean? The data, you still need internet. Yes. People still need at Salaries. least money to travel yeah. to and from work. Yes. You know, so yes. so so that that's it now. But also we, we really want to to scale into more areas, you know, and touch more more lives and you know and funding is always something that we're going to need you know but, mm. but pretty much those are our biggest needs i mean if if myself and utandega could could stop i know our our, our staff work full time but if tandega and i didn't have to have another job okay so if, it would be great okay so if all things being equal a nine to five is not your best friend right now we would be full-time here because the opportunities are so great here and the need is so high here yeah. especially now because we have an alumni population that's post school and uh, yes. our kids have graduated and some of them run their own businesses so it's really important for us to um, scale and grow that mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. where do we find your social media what do you post about on your social media um Ngatuto posts about the work that we do. Okay. That's what, what Ngatuto posts about. Okay. So I think our, our recent post, maybe um, one of our students was profiled on, I think, uh, a TV, SABC or something. So mm -hmm. we're posting a lot on Tepiso being, uh, um, spotlighting him. And we had an alumni. So Tepiso is a name we ought to remember. Tepiso Malema, yes. yes. You guys ought to remember that name. You know, okay. he's, he's incredible. And I mean, a lot of our young people are really incredible. Or you'll find, um, because now we have an alumni community, mm. we have now brought in our beneficiaries that were in high school five, so, six years ago yeah. to assist us in driving the agenda and the mm. mandates of the organization. Mm. Because the reality of the matter is that we're getting older and getting more and more detached from our beneficiaries. So you'll find posts about our alumni, about the activities that we ran or we run, you know, so it's quite an active space. And I'll post about everything so that is my life. So based on the work that Ngatuto is doing, would you say our future is bright and safe? 
Look, I mean, I, I think if we had more more spaces that engaged young people yeah. in ways that saw young people, our future will be bright if we do that. If we don't impose our uh, our own uh, biases on them sure. and we, we, we listen to what they've got to say because mm. there's this there's this thing around young people are not engaged. They don't know what's going on. Mm. If I brought in seven of my kids here, they could tell you what's happening about with the submarine, mm. with the brigadier. They'll tell you what's happening within Ukraine. They're sure. so engaged. Mm. I mean, one of them started a political party at school, that is dope. at university. So these kids are engaged. It's mm. just that we're not we're not giving them the space to engage you don't know how to with activate issues. Yes. Yes. yes, the way that they want to engage with issues. Uh, what I love about the work you're doing is because often we have a victim mentality mm. when we look at circumstances around us, as opposed to okay, that is the problem, and I know there's a solution. Why can't I be the one that comes up with a solution? Why can't I be the one that monetizes that solution and become a, a millionaire eventually? And I think that the sooner we can have young people thinking, being solutions driven, mm. um, I think that you know we can only fly as a country. That's very true. I mean, one of the things that we say when they come up with solutions yeah. is, you know, like young people like to say, no, we'll go to the government and the government's good. I'm just like, let's pretend the government doesn't exist. Exactly. You're on your own. You're on your own. The yeah. government doesn't exist. How are you going to solve this problem? But I think even beyond solving problems fresh it's it's giving young people the space and the permission to actually identify problems and mm -hmm. call them out and to make mistakes if they make mistakes exactly yeah. you know so those are really important things yeah no we, we, we don't want to to uh, celebrate victimhood and victim mindset um, on behalf of um, everyone that's watching right now, especially um, young black kids in townships that want to be part of the solution, I want to thank uh, yourself and Tandeka, and uh, all the best to Nga Tuto Eju Propeller. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's cool to see a black fun dynamic Sheldon Cooper. She may not have been there when the Big Bang Theory happened, but she's part of the light. That's our future. Ladies and gentlemen, Tulile Kanyile. She's one of those people you feel you've known for years because, in a sense, we all have. In fact, due to people's fascination with soap operas, many people have seen more of her than they have seen some of their own family members. Please give a warm welcome to, wait, not Garabo, <laughs> Constance. Okay. <laughs> Let's say the full birth certificate name, why don't you? <laughs> Welcome, former Miss Ellerines, Constance Marcillo. <laughs> Miss Ellerines. Oh my goodness, you're taking me back. Oh, welcome. But do you th yeah. do, do, don't you think God has a wicked sense of humor that you're Miss Ellerines and uh, you fell in love and married someone whose parents owned a furniture shop? <laughs> Absolutely. The funny thing is, we used to joke about it so much, yeah. like so much, um, because yeah, Show's dad managed a, a furniture uh, shop. Bar Baron. Baron. Yes. That's correct. And we used to walk past there. I used to always walk past this like my parents don't work hard enough, so I'd walk in and I'd greet uh, Shona's uh, parents, yes. uh, the, the dad yes. uh, on the showroom floor because he was there every day. So as I was walking in the main mall in Khaboroni, yes, you always walk in just to greet. Sure. And also hoping that they're there, or, you know, for whatever reason. Yes. I'd all be always be saying, why are my parents not buying this furniture here? What's going on? Hey, man. <laughs> I can't remember because those were like... 
Absolutely. So, you turned 53. Recently. 53 has never looked this good. Oh, thank you. Do you feel as good as you're looking? I don't feel 53. No, no, not at all. Yes. yes. Yeah. But, 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 But you're also at peace with your age because you don't hide your age. You're not dyeing your hair. Well, I am from time to time when I get bored. So when I get bored, I either dye my hair or I cut it. But you're not hiding. No, I'm not hiding. You're not hiding the the, the pepper color. Definitely not. Is that a conscious thing or did it take a while for you to make peace with, you know what, I'm I'm on the fifth floor now? It didn't take a while at all. I think because I just never overthink my age. Hmm. Um, I feel like every year you... Get one year older. Um, it just is what it is. I think it's more on how you feel. Yes. Um, inside, um, I think it's more. I, I have a childlike spirit, and mm. I, I feed the child all the time. So I, I guess I will never feel my age ever. Now, there's people who, because of your tabaya, uh, the age thing, who almost go out of their way to either conceal who they are. Or to hide who they are. Yeah. Or to seem like, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, don't call me Tani. Yes. When did you become comfortable with the woman you are or the girl you were back then? Growing up, mm. um, I was either Connie eh. or Konza sure. or Os Cons. Mm. So that that's when now the OC started. Oh, okay. So um, it's like Hrotman. Hrotman, yeah, you yeah. know. So it would be like Os Cons. Sure. Um, and then when I started being a boss, mm. even na di mamzo yeah. or mums, mm. right? And this is like to grow men. Like yes. a man your age would call me di mamzo, right? Um, but for some reason, I, I found a certain level of respect mm. behind it. Mm. Um, I didn't think it had anything to do with age. Sure. I didn't think that they were saying to me, I'm old because I'm grey. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more saying, Hore, you know, you're a nurturer. Mm-hmm. You're like a mum to us. So it doesn't matter how old I am. Mm-hmm. You are the mamzo. And I find it more a term of endearment than saying that I'm old. Oh, than saying, Hore, oh, oh, my grease. Then to my grease. Is my grease allowed? <laughs> uh, well, no one has called me my Grisa yet, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. I quite like the Mamzo, you know, I think it's it's got some swag to it, too. So I remember when my daughter had her first child um, about five years ago. Yeah. And I was like, why are you making me a granddad? I just went to her second one. I was like, why are you making me a granddad? Yeah. How is being a grandmother for you? Best feeling ever. Lisa yeah, yeah. um, will tell you. I mean, she's done a couple of her own interviews where mm-hmm. she she would mention that you know um, when she found out that she was pregnant, she freaked out. Obviously, mm-hmm. number one because I think she didn't know how I was going to react. How old was she at the time? She was how old is Ro? Ro is eight. Mm-hmm. She's thirty, so she was twenty-two. Okay. Okay, she was a woman. She was a woman. Now, you know, I'm more or less the same age that I had her. Actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. The way I found out that she was pregnant, she didn't tell me. So her doctor called my phone oh. <laughs> to say, uh, Miss Lissedi, your results came back. It's my phone. No. Because she was on my medical yes, aid yes, at the yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. Miss Lissedi, your results came back and yeah, congratulations, you're going to be a mummy. <laughs> no, this is how I'm finding out. <laughs> My poor child. Doesn't she look down as like, no, this is not for me. me. At the time, I think she's still struggling with how am I going to break the news to my mom? And, Mm. you know, so 
in a way, I think it worked in her favor because it took that burden off her of having to tell me herself. Because then I just went to her room and go, Sure. I believe I'm going to be a grandma. You should have seen the look on her face, though. Oh, it was priceless. But no, I've, I've been loving it, hey? And also having a little boy in the house because yes. I never had boy um, children. Yeah, you need so, like so, tiny so. testosterone on Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, and, and at the time, Shaw also had someone to balance him, you know, because he was like the only guy in the house. Yeah, he was the man. He was, in his staring, but Ro yeah. came and took over. Sure. Yeah. In fact, uh, Shonawa's, you're staring in like more ways than one. Every way, in every way. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I can't even try and imagine how when you've been with someone almost every single day of your life since what 2001 yes and then all of a sudden nothing that's that's wild even just talking about it is wild right Mm. because it's it's almost like talking about it just keeps making it more and more and more real that you know what we keep talking about this so this is like it's real it's real mm. um but the the funny thing with with show is it's almost two years now, hey? Mm-hmm. So end of July, it will be exactly two years mm-hmm. um, without him mm-hmm. physically. But he's just been so present, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just have so many memories together that... And you know, Sho was like a big personality, man. He said, you just don't forget someone Since we were kids. He was actually a big personality since we were kids. Listen, you knew him, right? So how do you forget someone like that? He's just unforgettable. So I think what I made peace with very quickly, and I thank God for that because I prayed about it a lot, mm. was for me to not try to forget him, to numb the pain. Oh, yes. You yes. know, because sometimes people do that. Mm. You know, you don't want to look at someone's pictures. You don't want to hear their voice. You don't want to listen to their videos. You run away from you, the truth. You, you run away from the truth because mm. you feel like you're torturing yourself. You, you just want to forget. Mm. For me, the trick has actually been doing that over and over and over and over again and getting used to the new norm, like that now being part of my life. Mm. I don't want to forget him. I don't want to forget the sound of his voice or the sound of his laughter. Mm. I don't want to forget that, seeing... That laughter that caught your attention in 2009. Oh my God, that laughter. So I don't want to. I don't want to forget. Um, and I think that's that's actually made me reach a point of peace, um, I think, faster than actually people believe I have. Mm. Do I have moments where I feel like I'm a Yeah, I still do. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll always feel unfair. It'll always feel unfair. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll always. I mean, he was only 47. Mm-hmm. And I think just us as a couple and, you know, we were about to celebrate our, our 20th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. It, I will always feel like a mm-hmm. you know, but um, who am I to question God? Sure. Um, it, I, I still feel like it wasn't his time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's still strange. I, I still, you know, I'll go about my day, but I'll go home and, you know, we'll talk about him with the kids, we'll play games, we'll, we'll mimic him, we'll have fun, we'll be laughing, it'll be funny, sometimes we'll cry. And then I'll go to my room and it'll be quiet. Yeah. Um, two years later. A loud silence. That still feels weird to mm. me, you know, that, that, that silence before I sleep, um, when I wake up, waking up alone, That that's... That still feels weird too. Mm. So, you know, um, I keep saying, Jorge, the thing with grief for me mm. is that I, I'm never going to say I'm at this stage of grieving in my life. I know I'll always be grieving my husband. Mm. Um, so I'm just moving with it. Sure. 
um, and and flowing with it. Whatever I feel today, if if I wasn't feeling great and I felt like oh you're fresh, I won't be able to do your show, man. Yeah. You, you allow it. I allow it. Mm. You know, I I just flow with it. I go with it. But what I don't do is, um, I don't dwell in sadness. Mm. Because he was such a happy chap, man. You know my husband. And there's still a lot to celebrate. There's still a lot mm. to celebrate. Mm. I remember getting a phone call. Um, a friend says, like, uh, Sisconi would like you to speak at the memorial. I was like, no, why me? <laughs> like, what am I going to say? You knew exactly why you were. No, but, 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 you know, at the time, you, you like... I don't know. Yeah. You know, because now... I'm... Dudu, can I, am I allowed to call you Dudu on air? No, no, Dundu. Uh, Dundu, yes. okay. Yeah, that you know. That's case. why you, you yeah. know, shows Dundu. I mean, you, you guys shared so many childhood memories mm. together. Mm. Um, I mean, I didn't know a lot of people in his life from a young age. You oh, were yes, one of yes, those yes. that he spoke a lot about, mm -hmm. uh, Mike. Bill was yes, one of those that he Mike. spoke a big mic yes. um, that he spoke a lot about. Mm. So for me, it was just natural that here in Joburg, your, your name just came up mm. Um, mm. because I know he would have wanted that too. I know he would have wanted someone to represent not just what he's represented, um, you know, as as a as, a, as an but, older but, guy, but the, early years. but the early years, you know, someone that knew him from then and mm. that also understood him in the industry. Mm. What did you learn about show? at his memorial because it's often when people are speaking about someone when they're gone that you learn new things yeah look i've always known that he was loved mm. right um it was just impossible to not love show he was just that guy but i think what i what i learned is that he was more than just loved he actually touched people's lives mm. i mean i saw what i saw when i was with him but I feel like there's also so much I didn't see Absolutely. Um, that I got to learn about from, you know, the people that were, that had the opportunity to speak um, about him and the people that had the opportunity to come to me directly and say, you know, thank you for sharing your husband with us. Um, I think it's, he lived, I mean, he was 47, but he lived such a full life. He really did. Um, I don't think he would have wanted to go at that age. I know he fought. I know he fought. Um, but he really lived a full life. I'm, I'm so proud of that guy, even today. Um, and if there's anything that the way he lived his life has taught me, is to just live, sure. to just live. During the time of his fight, what conversations were you guys having at home? Hey, he didn't fight for long, hey? Um, I mean, we both got sick around the same time. I got mm. sick first. Um, and the way he was strong for me, because I was very sick. I was actually more sick than Sean. Mm. Um, and the way he was strong for me, like he was nursing me. Mm. And when he, I don't know, man, the things just turned and... And all those things that those underlying that we don't really take seriously, that we don't really know about. Um, I think he just started having major problems with his breathing. Mm. And to be honest, I think initially because he's a fit guy, a strong guy, the doctors didn't take it too seriously. 
and I kept reporting it because now I was with him and saw what he was going through. What, yes, yes. Yo, this guy is not okay. What do I do? And then he was stubborn. Initially, he didn't want to, to go to the hospital or be admitted. My doctor yelled at me the day after I was diagnosed with COVID. I was doing a five-kilometer walk in my yard. Yeah. My doctor's like, what are you doing? She's yeah. resting. Yeah. So we, we are stubborn. No, we are stubborn, but mm. but I did the walks also. Mm. I'm also stubborn, mm. and for me, I felt like I needed to keep moving. Yes, yes, yes. Because my body was sore. I was aching all. Mm. Um, so I didn't want to feel sick because then you know that also COVID was so scary, because when you just let yourself feel yeah. sick, then it's like you're dying, right? So I didn't want to. Feel, I I needed to feel like I was still in control of my body. Um, so I think. Maybe um, the, the, the capacity of my lungs was able to handle it, mm. and maybe he not so much. Sure. Um, he was diagnosed on the 26th of June. Mm. 3rd of July, he was admitted for mm. the first time mm. in hospital. Um, the next Friday, he was discharged because he, he seemed a little better. Mm. The night of that Friday, a mm. few. I, I, things just went downhill mm. the night of that Friday. Mm. Um, and the next morning he was admitted again, and then it was just ICU after that. Jeez. So I almost feel like if he hadn't been discharged... The first time. The first time, and we just kept him there. Maybe had a fight. And so. monitored, because his, his, his infection markers has started going up again slightly. So for them to discharge him when his infection markers are going up already is an issue. Mm. They, they should have kept him to observe what's changing, what is the change. Mm. But I think, again, he was such a stubborn guy. Mm. And because he felt a little better, he thought, no, man, I'll recuperate from home. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. It it, mm. We're here. it, it happened. Mm. We are here. We find ourselves in this position that we didn't wish upon ourselves. Um, and we have to keep on moving. Mm. Do you remember your first ever carpet Sunday? Because <laughs> I lived for those. You lived for those? <laughs> oh, man. I, um, I, I don't remember the first one exactly, but I think I remember the the memorable one. that yes. we, we, we had so many. Mm. But the one that stands out is he, he had a sweet tooth, right? Mm. So we were um, laying on the carpet. It was himself, myself, and Alicia. Mm. And... What we would normally do, Billy, is we'd play music. Um, and we'd lay there playing music, and we were eating red velvet cake. And he was very um, camera-friendly. He was very quick with his phone, so he, he captured a lot of moments. It's like he knew... In fact, he stole you a lot on camera. He did. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like he knew that I was going to need all these memories. Yes, it's, yes. it's like he was literally compiling all this for me. Um, what a gift. What a gift. Mm. Um, yeah, and we, we were laying there and, and just making, because he was a funny guy, making jokes and laughing. And in those moments, we would find ourselves having, we used to call them DMCs. Mm, deep, meaningful chats. Yeah, deep and meaningful conversations, we call Very important. Very, very important. So we used to do that with our kids a lot. Lie there and then just chat about anything under the sun. Um, because with Shaw as well, it was very important for him, for us, um, not to only be our children's parents, but for our children to trust us enough to know that 
we can be their friends as well. Mm. They, you know, they don't need to go to the outside for advice mm. or, you know, if, if they are freaked out about something and they feel like, hey, other parents, you say this to them and this is going to happen, they must know that my parent may not agree, but they'll never judge. They will advise and guide, but at the end of the day... But you'll never be made to feel regret about opening up to a parent. No. And a lot of kids yeah, are scared of that. A lot of kids are scared of that. And mm. I think, Rona, that it, it, we consciously, mm. consciously uh, made that decision to say they should never be afraid to talk to us about anything. Mm. How's your relationship with Red Velvet Cake now? <laughs> <laughs> I love Red Velvet Cake. I love Red Velvet Cake, but with... with um, Vanilla sponge cake, mm. so the combo. I don't like chocolate cake. Mm. Yeah. Now, after we said goodbye to show, you then did a carpet Sunday alone. How easy or difficult was that? Did it feel natural or did you have to convince yourself that you have to do this, you have to do this? So the thing about that carpet Sunday was I didn't even think about it. Mm. Um... I didn't, it was in the very early stages of my grief. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really have an outlet for it. And I know, I know that when Shaw didn't have an outlet, he would just take his phone and record something. So when I recorded it, it was more for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, the, the, the intention was not to post it. Sure. It, it was really just an outlet mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but after I recorded it, um, I think I was just led to post mm. because I just feel like we lost so much. So many people lost so much, man. Um, because of COVID. He, he, he it, belonged it, to the industry. He belonged to the industry. Mm. And not just, I mean, now I'm just not just talking about show. Or counting the cost. Every, uh, people remember, lost. Remember people. At, the, at the memorial, I mentioned eight people that we grew up with that we lost to COVID. Eight. Yeah. That we were in primary school with and high school with. Shona was one of those eight. Yeah. So the cost of COVID is, is insane. Oh, it's, it's, oh my God. Because we're losing a lot of people who were captains of industry. Yes. So the brain drain, COVID alone, I don't even think we've counted that cost yet. It was a lot. Um, so the reason I, I shared that message mm. was because I knew I was not alone. Mm. Um, and I knew, obviously, because of our standing in society, a lot of people were worried about me. Um, people were worried about how I was coping, how I was dealing. And that was part of how I was coping and how I was dealing. So I thought I'd just share that. And it touched a lot of people, that message. Um, I don't know what my intention was in hosting it. It, it just happened. It was special. But it was special. And because I was, it I was, gave people hope. I was watching say, you and I was like, Yo, dude, is that a tear on your left? What are you doing? <laughs> you see yeah. that tear? That tear back. Yeah, no, you know. Um, and because of that message and a couple of other little things that mm. I posted here and mm. there, um, I've had conversations with um, a lot of women, especially mm. um, wives who, who lost their spouses, um, about how a lot of them wanted to take their own lives um, because they didn't know how they were going to make it through without their partners, their life partners. And because Sho and I were so open about how we loved each other and about how we connected and 
very organically so, mm. right? Mm. Um, a lot of people got to witness us yes. and to experience us. No, no, that, uh, that was a, uh -huh. that, that was a, our our marriage. Yeah, uh, we we all exactly <laughs> we all married. We were married to the nation. Um, so, I I suppose the fact that I could crawl mm. a little and mm. move and not be stuck mm. in one place, kind of. Um, gave the next woman permission to do the same thing, to say, we have seen how they were. Um, she is hurting. We can, we can only imagine how much she's hurting. But she is trying to move. She, she is not just sitting there hurting and feeling sorry for herself. She, she's making an effort to move. Um, and I suppose that that's all I could have hoped to achieve, really. And, and, and yours was a different kind of love, because like I said earlier... You were literally together every single day. <laughs> it was unreal. Like every single day. Yeah. There was no gaspaning, it's raspaning. Yes. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. So 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 to have to unlearn that or get used to a different reality, it's it's, it's a task and a half. And and I think on behalf of people that you gave hope in crawling again and, and wearing your heart on your sleeve about that, I want to say thank you. Because I fully understand what it would mean to those people. And I fully understand why you would do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially in a world where people almost want to police how people mourn. It's like, yeah, no nasa letada at the memorial. Or why are you out partying already? Or, or, or why aren't you wearing black today? Why are you smiling? Why are you laughing? You know, it's, it's, it's almost like you're not allowed to mourn your way. Yeah. And, 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 and it's wild that we live in a society like that now. Yeah. That social media polices how people mourn, especially women. Mm. It's actually more on women it is. than on men. It is. Um, and there's no fairness in that, mm. right? Um, especially because in the times that we live in now, times are different. Women are different. Mm. Um, women's roles in society are different. Mm. Before, I mean, back in the day, you know, a woman would be allowed to mourn for six months, mm. wearing black clothes, mm. black clothes, um, sometimes stay at year. home. Sometimes, sometimes a year. year. Mm. Stay at home, you don't work. Mm. So if, if your spouse passes on and you're the woman left behind, you're the breadwinner, um, all these liabilities now mm. lie on your shoulders. Mm. And you're supposed to sit at home. And mourn for six months and, a year, and have people feel pity. And have people feel about one of the things she. I mean, you know who wants It's almost like a sifif. You are very sifif, and and you allow sifif so to stay, because you you dwell in it and you wallow in it. Um, I think people should be allowed to mourn in a way that actually frees their spirit, um, so that they can. And allow uh, them to move. Yeah, so that they can move and so that they, they don't resent their partners for leaving them. Mm. Um, you know, they can remember them and honor them and sure. celebrate them. For me, life is about celebration. You have to mm. celebrate the people that meant something to you. Mm. Um, and how do you do that when, you, when you're heavy and you're feeling sorry for yourself and you, you're dark? You, you're just in this dark bubble and you can't. So, yeah, I, I did things, I, I suppose you could say, my old way mm. um, for a lot of various reasons. I mourned, I, I observed mourning in other ways as well. For three months, I didn't leave home before the sun was up. Mm. Um, I didn't get back home before 
after dark. After dark, yes. So, that's in the Pyramid, like what I think. Yes, yes. In the like what I think. You know, I observed that for three months. Why was that important? Even when I when I started going back to work, mm. like they, they, they worked around those times sure. to say, um, we don't call her before sun. Uh, um, the sun needs to be up mm. before she comes to work. Mm. And she needs to be home before the sun goes down. Mm. Only because for me, it's it's part of tradition mm. um, or how I grew up. Yes. So I kind of wanted to retain something that I would have been able to work with, right? Mm. And I could work with that. Sure. Um, I needed to do something consciously and, and tangible mm. to give myself time to be still and just remember him and... Yes. You know, mm. um, again, yes. you know, you want when that time hits your home. Yeah, there's a method. You're there's in a, a safe space. There's a method to that madness. 100%. Mm. Yeah. And uh, those hours that Siskon is talking about, uh, if we're not friends, don't call after those after hours. After those hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's another thing that we practice heavily, right? We, yeah. we didn't take calls after a certain time, hey? As it should be. Yeah, I know we didn't. Put your phone away. We're yes. home now. This is no, our we, our haven. Yes. No, we didn't. Especially after eight o'clock, uh, phones off. We, mm. we we don't take calls. We don't. If it's about work, it's he and I. Sure. Um, but people knew not to call us after mm. a certain time, and you know that that worked for us because it gave us ample time, as a family, to shut out the the outside world mm. and just focus on us. Mm, to yeah. be present. To be present. And, so and, and 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 that's one thing I admire. I think not only about you two, but just about your family unit. Yeah. And you know, maybe it's just for the gram. We don't know. We'll never know. But there's always a in the momentness about everything that you allow the world into. Yeah. And I think that's very important because often we're not in the moment. Yeah. Even when we're doing things for the gram, mm. we're not in that moment. <laughs> we 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 always in the moment. I think it's just that with with my family, yeah, yeah. everybody's so trigger happy with their phones. Mm. Like especially my kids, there's so much like show in that way that they kept. Nobody's safe. We were never safe. You literally never safe. I mean, I'm always scared on my birthday for oh my goodness, what surprises am I gonna get in yes. terms of what captured exactly? <laughs> you know, um, so I think just capturing memories is is such a thing for us. Mm. You you can never under. I mean, you know, Harukola. We used to have these. Um, same time cameras, right? Oh, yes, the Polaroids. <laughs> the Polaroids. Yes. So the, those used to kind of capture memories back in the yes. day. Or um, then we had the normal cameras, but then you'd have to wait. We said, Fili Mikaikai for it to process. It wasn't exposed. It wasn't exposed, and all of them come out clean. But now it's just in our fingertips. Like mm. you can capture everything, literally. Let's uh, change gears a bit. Um, the Queen happens. Yes. And and thanks to you, uh, my son Tato has, I think, over 500 episodes of The Queen on our PVR. <laughs> you guys had a good run. We did. The end of the run, though, is in a period there that you're also mourning show. How did it feel going through those transitions in that period? Yeah. That, this, you know, The Queen was you guys' baby. Yeah. That was the first time I heard you swear. I remember, <laughs> I remember I paused and I rewound. I was like, this could you swear? I remember you said to you posted something. I couldn't stop laughing. Kiririni, is it that weird? <laughs> and also, it wasn't Siskoni, right? That was Harriet guy. It wasn't. Yeah, Karabo swore, guys. 
No, Harriet, what about you say? No, no, Harriet, Karabo is Harriet, Harriet, Karabo swore. Wow, always me you swore then. Let's just go there. So, so, yeah. so, obviously that's a totally different journey for you, playing Harriet. Yeah. Uh, you know, making TV at that level, making TV for that long, yes. where not only are you the steering, but you're also the boss. And then it's the end of the season. Yeah. How do you deal with, I guess, the end of a journey at that level in your industry? Okay, so this wasn't just a simple end of the journey yeah. because there was so much going on, right? Mm. It, it it almost, where I could have looked at it as just the end of the journey, mm. in the moment that it happened, it felt like another loss. Exactly. Right? Because, H- hence my ask. Yes, it, mm. it, it honestly, honestly felt like another loss. Mm. Um, it felt like... Really, God, I mean, come on, dude. Mm. I think just give me a but can I just get through what I'm feeling now? Mm. You know, can I can I grieve one thing at a time? Mm. Um, can allow me to be strong and then you can throw this at me. Mm. But don't just like throw everything at me at the same time. I'm just one person. How am I supposed to be dealing with it already? I'm feeling like I need my husband for mm. this. And he's not here for this, so I'm I'm doing my best here. Give me a break, man. Give a break. And then you've got like a compliment of staff. Baba Shibilin. And you know, with Sho and I, our staff were like our babies, hey? Which is why hence the mums or Yes. Um Yeah, it it was hard. Um just those last couple of months trying to get to the end. A lot of changes happened in that time because obviously we expected to run the full the full year. Um, but God will challenge you, but also give you the strength to get through the the the, the, the ish, you know. Um, because yes, initially it felt like a loss, but then as we were moving with my team, and and please, I thank God for my team because I had such a an incredible supportive team. Um, we. Liborne, instead of feeling sorry for themselves and thinking what ish, now we have to go out into the industry and find other work. Yes, initially it was heavy for everybody sure. because we had become a family. But people saw it as a challenge for us to to go out with a bang mm. the way we came mm. in. Um, and I think for us now that was the target, that guys, you know, we started strong. Um, the person that we started with that really held all our hands is not here. Maybe this is our opportunity now to say thank you to him. Yes. And really do it in his honor to say, show, mm. this is how we are finishing off. Mm. So yeah, the show, the show the will show go on. The show will go on. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe it was time for new beginnings, mm. right? Um, I, I do believe for, for something new to come to the fore, that, one, that other door has to close. Sure. Absolutely. And sometimes it had to shutting your face for you to go, oh, okay, I need to do something else. Yeah, wake up. Wake up call. Mm. Yeah, and that that's what happened. What did Connie learn from Harriet <laughs> that she'll carry with her for the rest of her life? Do you know, Harriet was actually a softie. When I say that, people don't believe me because she was so hardcore. Um, but the love for family, mm. um, she would die for her children. I know that I would die for my children. She would but kill I mean, for she her would children. kill for her children. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I wouldn't go that far. But, you know, I, I think she was just hardcore. She was a strong woman. Um, she 
could compete on any level with any man. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Um, she was the king. She was, she was the king herself. Uh, I think that the difference between her and I is that I I have no issues being submissive sure. at all. Mm. I... All I demand is respect. Yes. Um, I demand to be loved a certain way. I demand to be respected mm-hmm. a lot. I demand to be honored. Um, and I will happily submit. I, I could never compete for a role with a man. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's 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 my position to do so. Mm-hmm. I feel I compliment very well. Sure. And I need to be complimented the same way. What do you say to women in the church that are having to deal with, you're expected to submit, but you're not given conditions that allow for you to even give someone respect. Everybody interprets the Bible differently. The way way it suits them. (laughs) (laughs) The way way it it suits us. Yes. And, you know, I mean, you you listen to different pastors preach, Mm. and a lot of the times the the preaching will lean more on the masculine side. Mm. Right, um, because a man will be glorified and put on a pedestal, and a woman has to submit and act a certain way towards a man. A woman, you have to do this for your man. You have to, and all they'll say about the man is the man. You have to love your wife. Love means different things to different people, right? To to some men, love means being the provider. So if I'm a man and I go out every day to work, I pay the rent, I build you a house, I buy you a car. That should be enough. What do you want from me? You know, I don't have to give you kisses in the morning, good morning, my wife, or kisses at night, good morning, my wife. Or respect you. Or respect you. You don't have to know my movements. Why do you want to know where I'm going? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So then there's no no relationship. It's like I am just your whatever. You're living living past each other. Yes. But you need to build together. But you need to build together. And for me, that's always been a thing. I I build with someone. Mm. Yeah. Which is why I'm... um, What word did I use just now? I compliment. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. But it must be earned, though. It... uh, it must be earned. You can't compliment a person. It's, it's almost like a dance. It is a dance. I, it's a give and take. Exactly. Yes. And if we're not dancing, if it's just this, yes. then what are we doing? Then what are we doing? Mm. But what I've, I suppose, learned about relationships also, in, and this is earlier, you know, early in relationships, you kind of learn your person. And because you have different histories and mm. you dealt with different people differently. Yeah. You come with your own idea mm. of what love is supposed to be sure. like or companionship is supposed to be like and you start to learn each other, right? Mm. But I think people don't take time to do that. And if Kikopanaluena today fresh and you know you come with your own ideas of mm. what love is supposed to be like because that's what you're used to. And I come with my own ideas of how I expect love to be mm. like and how I want to be loved because mm. I know what makes me feel good and actually what makes me better for you. Yeah. Help me be a better lover. to teach you that. Yes. Yeah. So if you're not willing to learn, then we have a problem. And also you have to teach me what makes you feel like a man sure. because men like to feel like men. Mm. And I think as women, we shouldn't have issues with men wanting to feel. And I want my man to feel like a man. Mm. You know, um, a typical example, we, we are in the same industry, 
I am the celebrated one initially because I've been in the industry for so long. You just coming in, people look at you side-eyed to say and what are his intentions. And, and, and it's, that becomes now my responsibility to reassure you and to elevate you and, and to and, show you. And I'm younger than you. Yes, yes, mm. yeah. So, but, but you stepped up in your okay, life. We, 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 we are growing here. Absolutely. And did, did, we, did we not grow? No, dude. Did we not grow? Dude. This was the effort of two people, yes. not just one person. And again, you didn't necessarily have to be that gracious. You could have been, I'm just staring here. Know your place. I suppose I could have, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you see... And Orosifedile, please. Orosifedile, no, but he was the staring of my heart, you yes. understand? Yeah. And for someone that made my heart smile that mm. much, I needed to make sure that he saw himself the way I saw him. Oh, yeah. Not the way that other people or the world perceives him. Mm. Mm. And as soon as he believed that, he shone, hey? Mm. Shona Sean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pun No, I was going to say, you, you're, you're now delving into uh, rap territory. Yo, and then you guys make headlines. You guys are going back to generations. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What? So what happened? Who made the call? They made the call. Okay. Um, so... Obviously, we. Let me speak for myself. Why did they call you back? Is it because the original? Uh, is it because your clip uh, of how many started trending? They're like, we need these two back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I, I didn't do that ad though. They had someone else in that ad. No, but, the, no, no, is it but the, the original clip, clip. The original clip started trending. I don't even know. But one of the main characters in the current show yes. um, had died, mm. and they needed us because he was like our son ah, yes, 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 um, yes. to come back for the funeral so it was literally a, a short story act for about four days a week mm, mm. yeah how did you feel it felt great mm. you know exactly. so that will kind of always be home for me mm. um i could never say no to them what i do know is that i could never go back permanently mm. But like for short story arcs um, to spice up the story or just to reconnect with a certain, if it makes sense. And then also flex who the heck you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I'm not a flexer, man. Sometimes I wish I was. No, no. Flexing, no. the magic of flexing yeah. isn't not flexing. Okay. Where you're in the room before you've even walked in. Right. That's the flex. Okay. Yeah. Then that's my flex. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, Bram Fundi Vunza is, you know, he's like, he's been in the industry. Yeah. But he's, you know, also had battles with castes. There was the strike and stuff. So when all the drama was happening, you were outside. Yeah. What are you feeling at the time of the generation's drama? At the time, remember, I'm becoming a producer myself. Mm. So I'm um, understanding contracts from a producer's point of view, mm. um, dealing with the struggles of a producer and yes, contracts. Yes. Um, so being the middle person between um, the, the broadcaster, the, the agents and the performers is like the most difficult position mm. to be in because you almost actually act as an agent because you're trying to fight for everything that they are asking because you think it's warranted. Absolutely 100%. Also because you've been there. Because I've been there. Mm. And I'm fighting for the same things. I think absolutely it's warranted. Mm. But then if I'm met with, we don't have money, we don't have the budget for it, 
I don't have that money come, to come out of my pocket to mm. pay for things that, to, to pay for a show that's not mine. Sure. For example, mm. because I may be producing the show, um, I may be coming up with the storylines and whatever with the writers. Mm. It's not my show. When they say the queen is done. It's done. It's done. Mm. It's gone. It's not my show. Mm. How Whatever the queen makes outside of what I get paid as a producer mm. and, and as, as a production company. Sure. It's done. I don't make anything else outside of that. Mm. So it's, um, it's a tough um, position to be in because I feel like as a producer, when you say that, nobody believes you. But a producer signs a contract. It's like, yeah, well, what's up with your house? You want to say new car. Yeah. <laughs> because of saying new car, you, you, you get because you're able to manage your finances properly. Mm. Um, producers in this country don't make a lot of money. Mm. I can tell you that for free. Generally, TV, TV budgets TV. are actually shocking. No, shocking. they really don't. It, mm. it's, it's, it's more, one, how you manage it and how you become part of the value chain that mm. then you are able to build a business. Yeah. Because it's more than just about having a production company. You mm. need to remember that you're a business. Yeah. So how does your business survive? How does your business make money? You have overheads. You have overheads. And, you have until overheads. the next production, this all you have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what, what, what do you do to meet yourself somewhere? You can't just rely on your production market. Absolutely. You know, you invest in equipment, you invest mm. in a in a studio, you, in, you invest. Mm. And it's from that investment sure. that your money, where, where you see, what, oh, okay, I'm working, I'm making money. But if it's just being a producer and nothing is happening, uh, that, that money goes very quickly. Mm. Your thoughts on open up the industry? Not, not just in acting, just across the board. Across the board, I think mm. we should. But how without... I, I think we should open up the industry. I think where it's it's um, misconstrued or misunderstood is when you say open up the industry or other people of understanding open up the industry is to say those veterans that have been there must sit down. Now they must stop working. Yeah, now they must stop working. They need to retire. Give other children, Give a, other chance. children a chance. What happens to these people? They have lives. They, they, they've created all these liabilities and whatnot, and they have the experience to teach the younger ones. So for me, it's about finding a balance between making the older generation work sure. and, you know, integrating the, 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 the new ones. Do you know what I think the problem is? I think the problem is generally, I don't know if it's a black thing or a continental thing, because the arts have never been treated seriously mm. or as a career. One, everyone thinks they can do it. Yeah. Two, it's treated like it's some jungle gym in a playground. Yeah. Uh, you've had your chance. Give others a chance. Yes. But the same people will never go to their mother and say, Mama, you've been teaching your 60. When are you stopping to give other people a chance? Yes. So I think because the arts are not taken seriously, people don't treat it as a career, which is unfortunate. Yeah. It's my career. So game make a guy. Wait, guy. And I think that's what people don't understand is that, you know, you, you take all these years to develop yourself and to grow yourself and you get to a certain point mm. where you feel like, oh, okay. Now I'm not just an actress, I'm a producer now. Yes. I can create my own work. Exactly. And then I create a show and I have a role on the show and they go, Why are you hiring yourself? Why are you hiring yourself? I'm you conning, want damn to it. do everything. Are you conning? Nobody say to Tyler Perry, <laughs> why are you hiring yourself? And Tyler Perry's in all of his productions. Do, do you know what I mean? Um, so it, it's almost, I don't know if it's a South African thing or an African thing where you can't work and reward yourself for working. Mm. 
You must almost explain yourself all the time. You need to be explaining yourself all the time. I find it very sad. And, and you can't live like that. Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad you refuse to live like that. No, I... Because you've worked damn hard to be here. Yeah. So why should you not have a production and hire yourself while hiring a hundred other people? Dog, if I can tell you the, the number of people that are... I mean... We don't expect them to go out into social media and mm. say this is what they've done mm. for us or whatnot, mm. but we know what we know and they know what, what they know. Sure. And just the fact that they have come to us personally mm. to say, this is how you have empowered me, this is how you've empowered my family. Sure. And I think that was my biggest heartbreak when the mm. pain ended was that for a moment that was ending for all these people yeah, from me, like from me, because that made my heart full, right? Mm. Um, but other opportunities will come, are sure. coming, um, and we will continue to do what we so love doing. Yeah. Your thoughts on royalties for reruns and rebroadcasts? Because a lot of you guys work um, plays and it plays plays yeah we speak french but you don't see you don't see a cent <laughs> yeah we speak french we speak all these other languages we are in all these um countries that mm. we we don't know about and a lot of times you don't even know you know someone will take a screenshot and say to you hey did you see yourself speaking french i had a conversation with uh, jamie bartlett may his soul rest in peace yeah uh, when we were judges on essays got talent and he was telling me that he went i think he said he went to drc and angola yeah and he was shocked at what a big star he was there until he found out that ETV is pretty much on every possible decoder on the continent. Wow. Has ETV. So everyone knew. Sure. But he's like, I had no idea we're being broadcast in all of these countries. Yeah. But I don't see a cent. Yeah. Um, this royalty issues, I don't know why it's still something that we are talking mm. about. Why is it not legislation? Why is why is it not legislation? Why hasn't it it isn't it be, hasn't it hasn't it been resolved years ago? Because it's been a long time coming. I mean, because I, the arts are not taken seriously. The arts are not taken seriously. I mean, um, I've been in the industry since the early since the late no the early nineties. Since the early 90s. Yeah. Do you know how many shows I've done? Yeah. I mean, people will remember Generation. They'll remember The Queen. They'll, but do you know how many shows I've done? That. Yes. Never got paid a cent for any of the shows I've done. Mm. That have been rerunning and rerunning and rerunning. And, and then there was... Some, someone was that, is making money. And there was that uncle. Yes. You remember there was that yes, uncle yes. that played all Get our found. old Get shows. Found. Yes. Mm. And not a cent yeah. from, from all those reruns. And of course, someone is making money because every time these shows are uh, sold or licensed, someone is getting paid. Mm. And to be honest, it shouldn't matter if you're getting paid 50 bucks. It, it really shouldn't if, matter. If it's due that, to that, me, that I want 50, 50 bucks. bucks. If, no, like if you mm. are licensing it for 50 mm. bucks, if I'm supposed to get half a cent then for 50 bucks, give me my half a cent of yeah. that 50 bucks. It all adds up. Yes. Yeah, it's actually very upsetting. Before we wrap up... But how do we resolve this, right? Because it's, it's such a bone of contention. Mm. Because people, for example, um, expect producers to have the answer. Producers don't get paid for reruns. Producers don't get paid for, for um, licenses, mm. right? Like I said, you produce, you give, you're done. You move on. So how do we resolve? When do we get to a resolution of this? Uh, you are the clever producer here. 
<laughs> Leave it to you and uh, your producer uh, people to find a solution. But until it's legislated, um, unfortunately... Are we yes, fighting a losing battle? Well, yeah, yeah, continue being a, a, a losing battle. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, um, we have a thing, a game we play called uh, the WoW game. Okay. Uh, so, for instance, if I was to say to you, um, wow, what a fan moment like a time you met someone whose fan you were yeah. and you were just spazzing out. What was that moment for you? Uh, um, I was quite young. Mm. I was shooting a movie called Danger Zone mm. um, with Billy Zane and Robert Downey Jr. Yes, yes, yes. So, As one does. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was lucky enough to be on set with them, right? So I was still very young. Mm. Um you know, when, you, when you're having a big fun moment, but you're trying to act like a stirring because you are in a scene with them, we're, right? We're colleagues. And, and you have dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like, like you, you're an actress. Everybody knows who you are in South Africa. Mm -hmm. They may not know who you are, but everyone knows who you are. But I had such a big, big, big fun moment. And Billy Zane was such a gentleman. Mm -hmm. I think I didn't know him as much as everybody knows who Robert Downey Jr. is. But yeah, I think that was my one big show. I have arrived, but I'm a fan moment. Wow. Don't you trust my judgment? Maybe when you did a cover and they tried to question your styling, but you insisted that no, this is how I'm styling this cover myself. Have you ever had that moment? No, I haven't. I've, I've never really styled my own covers. Um, I think I always trust the you stylist. You go with them. You agree with them. So okay. the 50,000 covers you've done, you've never questioned not one of them. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's just say I haven't agreed with some of the decisions that were made. I mean, when, you, when you're on set at the time, it all feels, you know you've got great pictures and not so great pictures. Mm. But after they've gone to print and you see, oh, no, did you go with that picture? I'm sure I had a better picture. I've had a lot of those moments. Yeah. And a lot of moments where, you know, the the... the cleaning up the pictures wasn't quite so okay you look at yourself and you don't feel like you look like you i don't like that i've, mm -hmm. I've always wanted to look like me um but you know with shoes i always try to trust the stylist because you know they have a brief um if it's if it's avant-garde sure. connie's not avant-garde so i can't expect to come looking like me so they, they had to make they it will look. make it happen yes exactly okay wow what an answer to a prayer what prayer was answered when I think my prayer was answered when I met Shaw. Mm. Um, because at the time, I think just me and my daughter, we, mm. we, we call, you know, be, but I knew my heart and I knew what I could give mm. to someone mm. if that person could give me that in return. So Mudim was like, hold my beer, Gabriel, watch. Listen, <laughs> you know, now I'm thinking, and then he literally comes knocking at my door. And stepping into my house. You know, when, when they say, love will find you. Yes. My love found me. Sometimes and for me, that was an answered prayer. Wow. Yeah. And finally, wow, what a show moment. What are some of the other daily or weekly moments do you have that you're like, that's a show moment? Show? As in Shona. Mm. Yeah. I have so many of those. Mm. What, sh what show moment did you have today? <laughs> so, Ronewa? 
my grandson number one didn't go to school this morning because he claimed to be sick. I don't believe he was sick. I think it was just too cold. I thought it was someone who goes through that. No, and I didn't even know he didn't go. They'll to fake school. it so off. Like, yes, you know. Um, and my band, we played a video of him saying to his mom, "You're crazy." He was he was still very young. Um, so we shared it on the group. We have a family group, mm. and. In that moment, I could literally hear my husband laugh. Oh, wow. So that was such a show moment because mm -hmm. his laughter would have just like filled up the room. Mm -hmm. And they were like this, those two. Yeah. What's next for Connie? <laughs> There's so much next for Connie. Mm -hmm. um, are, we, are we watching this space? We, we are watching the space. Mm -hmm. um, a lot happening behind the scenes. Slow process, mm -hmm. but a lot of progress. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say slow does not mean no progress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or if so, I'm not posting it, it doesn't mean it's not happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly that. <laughs> um, so I think what, what I'm doing now is literally just taking time, mm -hmm. uh, number one, to breathe, because I know when it gets busy, it gets busy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there, there, there's something that will be coming out hopefully this year mm. um, that you will see Connie in. Okay. Um, and are there are there guns? Is it romance? Oh, there are definitely guns. Okay. Yeah. Are you addicted now? Are you gonna swear again? <laughs> I'm not telling. <laughs> I'm not telling. Um, but you know, I think what's next for Connie is to just for Connie to try and find her happy place. Mm. Um, and embrace her new happy and be okay with it and know that hubby would be happy for her to be happy. Mm. Yeah. Inka, I'm hardly ever speechless, so... <laughs> if I'm quiet, it's because I don't know what else to say. You don't know what else to say. But listen, man, um, you've been an inspiration to a lot of us since we're kids, you know, watching you on TV... I thought I, I, I can't say watching you in Miss Ellerins because that was not one of my goals to be a Miss Ellerins. But <laughs> you're an inspiration to a lot of people. Yeah, no, thank and, you. And 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 not just when I being a beacon of hope for a lot of couples out there that maybe relearned how to love one another. But even just in your grief, in your management of your staff, in probably things you do in private that we'll never be privy to. Um, you're a light for a lot of people. Yeah, thank and, you. And, and I hope it's something you don't take for granted. I hope it's something that uh, we shall remind you of until your last uh, light on this planet. But continue being that light. I really, really appreciate it's, it's, that. It's, 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 it's quite something. And a lot of us sadly waste the light that we are. And I'm hoping you won't waste the light that you are. My mission... Um, in this life mm. is to not waste that light mm. um, because our time here is short hey? and it's not guaranteed. Hey? And we, we, we all learn that the hard way. Like it's so not guaranteed. It can be done in a minute. It, it literally, literally. Mm. So shine, shine while, while, while you are here, while you can shine. Absolutely. And that's, that's my mission mm. in this life. And we shall be right behind you cheering you on. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Fuma Miss Ellerine. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Fuma Miss Ellerine's constant in Silo. Uh, guys, Connie is about to leave the building. Uh,
I didn't. I only asked you two questions. From your list. Yeah, that's all I asked you two questions. Uh, the rest was was all you. Thank so, you. so thank you for for being gracious. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, we, we were taking a chance. We're not sure if you do interviews, if you will do interviews, if you do podcasts, but you did. This is the third, first post podcast I've done. Uh, yeah, I, okay, it's another question. I, I, know, I know. That's why. No, no, maybe I make you nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is the first podcast I've done. Um, I didn't even know what, what the situation of a podcast looked like. Yeah. So, yeah, you've, you've launched me. Absolutely. Into the podcast Guys, space. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Connie, thank you very much. Thank you so much. And all the best. Thank you. Uh, hey, can you hear me? You listening to Guys, Connie is about to leave the building. Uh, so, human physical conditions, check. Amusing enlightenment and guidance, check. Political awareness and insight, check. I think that should help us in the days coming up. Thanks for uh, for joining us and have a wow week ahead. Shout out to Amp Studios for uh, hosting us around here. Uh, the Africa Podcast Network. We are family. Our cinematographer, um, uh, Trevor, and his team at Pezudu Works. Our audio engineer, uh, Otis the Flow Fraser. And our guests, our tech guest, Tulile Kanyile, comedian, Nicholas Goliath. And our creative director, Kuvesh Mohan. Show producer, Kelesomudisa King. We are out of here. Have a wow week in spite of yourselves. Can you hear me? You listening to W A W What a week.